Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Um, but almost nobody hosts how to actually do this for work, how to make a living out of it, and what goes into that and how that all, all ties together and everything. So, the way I like to run these panels, please interrupt me like crazy. Any question you got, ask it. Um, just raise your hand. I'll be like, yo, um, feel free to ask anything. I try to go into as much detail as possible. If you don't understand anything, ask. That's what this is. I like back and forth Q&A. Because, frankly, I just winged this. So your interaction makes this more fun for everybody. So, um, off the bat, anybody got any questions? Shoot. How do you start? How do you start? Okay. So, to start, um, start cosplay or start making it a business? Business. Business. Okay. First, you start cosplaying. Step one. Okay. Um, after that, it really depends. I, I tell everybody, what is your goal? Like, 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 what are you looking from this? Are you looking to make it a full-time job? Are you looking to make it a paying hobby? Are you, you know, what, what do you want out of it? Because that drastically changes what you're going to do. Like anything, it really matters the end goal. And the reality is, is it's going to change over time. So we have a lot of, you know, for us specifically, we have a lot of um, cosplayers who are like, being a pro cosplayer sounds amazing. I definitely want to come model for you guys. And I go, cool, you're going to have to work behind a booth. And they're like, that's totally fine. That's so easy. Cons are so much fun. And then they go sit behind a booth for four hours and they go, damn it. (laughs) Mistakes were made. because it's not all about the parties. It's not all about the, the, you know, hanging out with friends and, you know, fun photo shoot stuff. It's, you know, you got to sit behind a booth and you got to talk to people and you have your, you know, people don't realize how, how tiring it is behind a booth. Because when you do, you know, just like you guys are as attendees, you're walking and your feet hurt and it gets tiring. But the reality of it is, is You've got your friends you're chit-chatting with, and you've got this cool panel you're going to, and it's energy, energy, energy. And then you sit behind a booth, and you have an hour of nonstop people, and then you have an hour of absolutely nothing, and you go like this, and then someone walks up, and you're like, Hi, I'm Derek Nova, Superheroes Unlimited. And you're like, ah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I mean, step one, figure out what you want out of it. Is it where you're going with it? Then following that up is... 
you know, are you looking to be a full-time job? Are you looking to be a designer? Are you looking to be a, 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 like a cosplayer where you make your own stuff and you work behind a boot? Are you just looking to be a model modeling cosplay costumes? Um, there's definitely avenues for every one of those things, but that's, that's like the biggest thing is figuring out what you want and then working towards that because the, the avenues for each one are different. Um, as that may be, so I know that and that's not exact answers, but it's also <laughs> you know there's a lot involved. There's a lot involved. Um, you had a question, sir. Oh, I was going to say, what's what's your favorite personal cosplay? Uh, I don't actually cosplay that much. I am way too busy running around a con, um, and people don't take you seriously when you're dressed like King Kai. Um, so one of the things we do for conventions is professional convention consulting. So we literally come out and go, hey, here's everything you're doing wrong. Here's how to do it better. Here's what's going to make attendees, vendors, celebrities, etc., happier. And again, people don't take you seriously when you're dressed like King Kai. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're, I, I don't have a favorite. There, there's so many cool, amazing costumes out there that it, it just all glomps. And you know, when you do as many shows as we do, it, it, you you do admittedly get a little jaded. Where like you're like, that's a really cool cosplay, but I've also seen like 90 of them. You know, so for me, my favorites are like the OC characters people do, or like somebody who like dumps a ton of time into a unique concept. Like one of the ones I really liked recently from uh, Colossal Con was somebody did the swimmable predator and alien costumes. So they just have like basically the whole tail down the back and the head. So when they go on the water, the tail floats up and everything. So I mean, it's admittedly just really sexy bikini cosplay to a degree, but it was just a really cool concept with the floating tail, and I loved it. But yeah, I mean, it it, it changes with what you want. Um, you know, one of the big things I, I, I tell everybody is, I, I often get guests, how do you be a guest at a show? You know, because everybody wants free passes and free tables and free this and free that. And one of the biggest things I bring up all the time is work ethic and what do you offer to a show? And, and a lot of people are thrown for a loop when I go, what value do you bring to the show? Because, you know, we're the cosplay coordinators for a bunch of shows. Number one message I get from people, hi, I'm so-and-so, I've been cosplaying for X amount of time, I have X amount of followers, and I think me being at your show would be fantastic for me. It'd be really helpful for me to grow my followers, for me to connect with people, for me to do this. I'm like, that's really cool. What do you offer the show? You know, you're 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 asking them to give you a, a, a ticket, to give you a booth, you know, plane flights, appearance fees, whatever it may be. But what value do you bring? Being a cool cosplayer isn't a value in and of itself because at the, the end of the day, there's hundreds of cool cosplayers walking in the door. What makes you stand out from everyone else? And and, and that's the, the biggest uh, thing I see a lot of the times with, with cosplayers or designers or crafters or whatever is, is getting over the fact that like your love of the thing versus this is now a business and no one cares. You are selling a good, like, like you are a product, you know. No one, you know, because who, who in here has commissioned something before? Okay, who in here has gotten their commission late? <laughs> Excuses, reasons, I ran out of money, this thing, I was super busy with that thing. Who cared that their commissioner had those problems? <laughs> Probably nobody. You paid for an item, you wanted your item on set time. 
nobody cares that, you know, I was really sick from work or I had to work an extra shift this week or, you know, things along those lines. And that's one of the things I see a lot with crafters especially is, you know, because we're in a lot of like vendor groups and stuff like that and commissions groups. And I see people who are like, yeah, they said they'll have it to me in a year. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Our turnaround time is anywhere between six to nine weeks for pretty much any costume from scratch. You know, if you get something like an Iron Man costume, it's longer, but like primarily it's six to nine weeks for everything we do. And, and that's really what, it, what you're looking at if, if you want to become a, a pro designer, a pro you know, commissioner is fast turnaround times. You know, nobody cares what your problems are. They care, they bought an item and you gave them a date because they have a show on that date. They have this on that date. You know, things along those lines. Questions, comments, feedback helps us go along. Shoot. Your social media presence, what do you find is most helpful to grow your following and like what are your tactics for that? Um, social media presence, uh, don't worry about it. Everybody freaks out over social media. The reality is one post a day. You make one post a day, every day, and you put out quality content. So people post, post like, here's a selfie, click. Okay, what is what does your fans have to work with with that? Their only option, you, you've now hold, held them social media hostage, basically. Their only way to engage with that is go, oh, that's awesome, but it doesn't spark a debate. All that matters to algorithms, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, they're the same algorithms. It's engagement. How are your fans engaging with you? How are they commenting? How are you engaging back with them? Are you posting the same type of picture every day? Are you posting, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Because that's essentially, when you just post a selfie or a basic picture or anything like that, that's, that's their only option for engagement, is they say you're amazing looking or I want to see you in this thing. There, there, there's no back and forth, there, there's no, no engagement. And I'm sure who's here heard everybody whine about how their reach is terrible and the engagement's gone down and I'm being throttled and shadow banned and blah, blah, blah. So about five years ago, um, Facebook swapped to the new algorithm. And obviously part of this is conjecture, part of this is from you know a lot of experience on my end. Because the reality is, is nobody knows truly how it works it's not reported anywhere. That's the whole point is so nobody can game the system. But essentially the way it works is let's say you have 100 followers, okay? Pre-five years ago when you shared out a post, every single one of those 100 people saw your post. That's why everybody was like, my engagement is amazing. I make a post and everybody sees me, okay? Now fast forward. Who knows how much on average a person posts a day? Anyone want to take a guess? Too much. Higher. Yes. <laughs> it's right around there. Literally, your average person posts anywhere between 40 to 60 posts a day. Now, mind you, every time you hit share, every every time you reshare, every time you make a comment, I'm checking in here. I'm checking in here. I did this thing today. I did that thing today. That's a funny meme. Share, 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 share. Your average person on average has almost 2,000 friends, okay? So 2,000 times 40 posts a day, you're looking at crazy numbers. Even if you looked at everything for less than a second, you still couldn't get through all that. So what did Facebook do? They came up with a filtering algorithm. So the way it works is 
you and me are friends, okay? If I engage with your stuff and you engage with my stuff, I will always see your things because Facebook goes, we like each other, we talk all the time, okay? But you and me are friends, but you don't, I post something and you're like, I don't care, it's not funny, I don't like it, whatever, you know? Facebook goes, you guys are still friends, but you care less about his stuff than his stuff. So what ends up happening is, is I see all of his stuff and I don't see this stuff anymore until I go hunt it out. So if I'm like, you know what, I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while, I go to your page, I like your stuff, ta-da, you're back in my feed again because I like your stuff. And that's how the filtering works. It's not anybody being throttled. What's happening is, is people aren't sharing engaging content, so they're not getting engagement. Or someone, you know, for example, me and him are friends, but you've now got so many things you're following, you never see mine because you're engaging with everything. It's kind of like tending a garden. Like I have, well, I want to say like 600 friends on Facebook. I have only professional contacts and personal friends. There's not a single person on my Facebook I don't know, which means I get to see everything I want to see from all the people I want to see it from because I don't have unnecessary stuff. I don't have unnecessary clutter. Now, from the engagement side, from promoting yourself on social media, that's why it's important to know all of that information to understand how your engagement works. So when you have 100 followers and you share something, only 10% of your followers will see it initially. So when those 10 people engage with it, now 20 people see it, then 40 people and so on and so forth, all your followers see it. Then what happens is you go organic. That means people that are unrelated to your page, but are friends of your friends of your friends, now will see your content. That's where you start going viral and things along those lines. Now the trade-off of that is, people don't filter who follows them on social media these days. So they let bot accounts in. So now, look at it like this. You have your 100 followers, and let's say 30 of them are bots. What's the odds that out of those 10, you're gonna have two or three bots in there. So now your bots don't engage with anything because they're bot accounts. So now only four people actually see your stuff, let's say, because the other three just got their feed flooded or whatever, okay? So now you have four people engage, but nobody shares it. You're just dead in the water. And that's where the engagement comes from these days. The, the best things to do, post a post a day, and then go through your followers and ban anybody that looks like a bot. It's really easy to spot bots. If you have a, lar a low number of posts, a ton of people following them, and a ton of things they're following, they're a bot. If they don't have a picture, they're a bot. If they've got, you know, again, high followers plus high followings means you're a bot, especially with low posts. Those numbers should be about consistent across the board for that. As far as like what you're actually posting, it doesn't matter. You're posting your brand. So whatever your, what, what your brand is, whether it's, you know, cutesy puppy photos or, 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 or cosplay photos or, or um, items you've designed, whatever it may be, that's what you're selling. So your followers naturally will come to you. You're just making a platform for them to engage you with. Um, because otherwise you'll, you'll, you'll go absolutely insane if you try to do like min-maxing of like, these are optimal post times and blah, blah, blah. Those only matter if you've got a marketing budget. So like real, you know, big companies that have like 10 grand a month to spend on marketing, that's when like key algorithm times and everything become relevant. For anybody in the cosplay world, it's completely irrelevant. You're just gonna lose your mind over absolutely nothing. Um, 
You look like you had a question. Nope. Um, anybody got questions about that? Any other questions? Shoot. As a cosplayer who wants to get to the point where they start making more income just as a hobby, when like what is a good way to go about that? Like there's a couple different things like Patreon or when's a good time to do that and which sites are um, well, I guess the first question is, is are you looking to make it as just you wearing costumes as a cosplayer? Or are you looking for it as you making things? Are you looking for it as you doing videos? Because, um, like, for example, cosplay covers a wide, wide variety of things. So, like, there's plenty of cosplayers that, you know, buy a costume and do, you know, sexy photos, whatever it may be. And, and, and nothing like lewd or lingerie or anything like that. You're, you're just posting cool posts. Um, so that's an option. Or are you talking more along the lines of like you crafting items and selling the physical items? No, not selling Okay, so more just wearing cool cosplays and stuff like that. Um, prints are a big thing. Um, everybody loves prints. Uh, my advice with that, Patreon is a, is a good resource, but like anything, and, and, and this ties into literally everything you're doing, it is a job. Like, you can't halfway it. It's not something you can just, I feel like doing it this month and then I got really tired of it this month and I got busy this month and then I came back to it to make money. Um, it doesn't work because it, it, it's kind of like a continuous wave. Like, you build it, you build, you build, you build, you build. The moment you stop, I don't care if you got sick or your grandmother died or, or, or whatever it is, it is a business. It is a job. Like, your followers can care, but at the end of the day, they want their content. You are selling content at that point, whatever it may be, and you have to provide that. Um, Patreon's probably really the best resource for that, and then just do it direct through Facebook, honestly. Um, I know a lot of people are using, uh, what is it, uh, Shopify now. I haven't really delved into that. I mean, we sell primarily through Etsy, our website, and, and we're working on our Patreon. It's just laundry list of projects to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is uh, building your following. And just to do that, you just have to be consistent. You know, when a fan reaches out to you, um, respond back. You know, hey, that's a really cool costume. Thank you so much. I loved it. You know, um, I really appreciate your support. You know, it, 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 it's building that return engagement. You know, they say they love you. You say you love them. Everybody feels happy. You know, you, you're selling you at that point, essentially. So whether you are the, you know, super lovey-dovey, like, I'm hearts, this, 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 you can go that route, or you can be the aloof, like, thank you very much for your, you know, continued, you know, support of me, blah, blah, blah. You can, you know, whatever fits you. You are selling you. Whether you want to make a persona of you, or you want to be the legitimate you, you can go either way, but that's what you got to sell. You gotta push that. And then just take it slow. You know, build yourself up. Do a couple of prints. Get you know, get good photo shoots done. That's probably the number one thing I see that cosplayers, especially when they're starting to look to make more money and things along those lines, is they're trying to sell prints and they were taken by their brother, you know, or, or whatever. It was taken on an iPhone. Like you need a photographer to take good photos. Um, you know, edit them up correctly, you know. Um, and again, the, the question I say always to ask yourself is what value are you offering people? You know, a lot of people approach cosplay and design as everything of 
what can I get from people, whatever it may be. But the reality is you need to show what you're offering. What makes you different than the you know, 400,000 other girls that are trying to sell prints? What makes you unique? Um, and that's what you need to push. You know, Because um, at the end of the day, if you're everybody else, they can go to everybody else. You know, there's nothing different about you versus 200,000 other girls, you know. Um, and, and that's really what, what, what you need to work on is you, you know, what is me. Um, and then everything else just kind of falls in, honestly. Um, I mean, we didn't set out to make our company the way we did. It just fell upwards consistently. Um, so see what fits for you. You know, the biggest thing, like I said, the social media side, you got to be engaging. You know, you make a post every single day, especially when you're doing it as an individual. As a business, it's a little different, but as a private individual, that's what fans want. They want that personal engagement with you. They want to be, they want to see you every day. You know, they're a friend that wants to hang out with you all the time, you know, and that's kind of what you're selling all the time, you know, and see what works for you. You know, if, if that's what you want to do, do it. If it's not, then don't, you know. Don't get sucked into stuff because a lot of a lot of people get way in over their heads way too quick. You know, they go out and they buy, you know, 200 prints to sell and they do this thing and they do that thing and they buy banners and they buy like, you know, $200 worth of backdrops and everything else for their house to, to do streaming and this thing and that thing and this thing and that. And then they go, oh, I'm really busy at work this week. And they're like out six, $700 and then never do anything with it. And, and, and that's the key thing is ease into it make sure it's what you want you know just like you know like like i said before about you know models wanting to be models that are booth you know and then i'm like okay but you gotta work and then they're like no that's easy and then they do it for a day and they're like oh god i'm tired i'm way better. we i don't want to go to the after party now and it's like you know and that that's kind of the thing is ease into it make sure it's what you want and then go crazy with it you know um that's my best advice with that so Shoot. Uh, aren't there people that you can shadow to actually stay with and say, okay, this is how my business is going. This is what I'm doing on a regular basis. Follow me, see what it's like. You can't leave my side. So that people can actually see, hey, oh, this is what it's really like. Um, I haven't heard of that. Um, it's an interesting concept. The, the problem with that is you have to be like someone local. Like, yes. like, like, you know, following, stalking someone on social media is pretty easy. Um, most people will respond to questions you have, like, you know, where did you do this photo shoot? Where did you get these prints done? You know, that I sort of thing. Like I've never heard of it. Um, like, like, we're an open book for people asking us questions. We like to respond to everybody. But I've never heard of anybody, like, come see a show for a weekend at my booth and learn how to do this thing. I, I haven't heard of that. Um, I it's a cool. I think it's a cool idea in theory. I think the logistics of it would make it essentially impossible, just because of the way the the, the con circuit works. Essentially, um, yes. There's a cosplay marketing Facebook group, and they have the online equivalent of shadowing and mentoring. That like there are people who are successful in doing that online. And they'll help you with the online sort of that, and they will tutor you in how to do that sort of thing. But I haven't heard of it in person. Yeah, yeah. Cosplay marketing, they have a mentorship program through that. Yeah, and, and I mean, really, like any any larger larger people in the cosplay community will generally ask answer most questions. You may have to wait a while, 
um, depending on how big of a person you're contacting. But the essentially the logistics of being pro cosplay aren't that difficult. It's just growing yourself and networking. You know, for example, I mean, I was up until 3 a.m. this morning working. I was answering phone calls. I was responding to messages. Went out to dinner with a bunch of the comic book artists. You know, I I, I network like crazy. You know, um, and and that's probably one of the other biggest things for like growing yourself is networking with people. And as there's no nice way to say this, but networking with people that matter is is the truth of it. Like like your bus- like you got to treat it as a business. You know, so it's really cool that that cosplayer's got a cool outfit, and you can totally be friends with them, but when it's hang out with your friends and go to a room party or go out to a dinner with, you know, a couple of the well-known artists who are interested in commissioning you for stuff, you gotta pick the artists even if you wanna hang out with your buddy. And, and, and that's what I see uh, the, the dividing point of, I got a free booth at a con and that's all I ever get to this is my full-time job now is you've got to treat it as a business like like and it's not like casting anybody aside or or that's something i see a lot of cosplayers do like once they start they they, they grow their following and then they get guested somewhere and then it's the i'm better than you and i can't associate with all you people who aren't celebrity guests anymore because it brings my brand down and i'm quoting that word for word from somebody by the way um and they just abandon all their friends and then they, they just try to ladder climb and that is not going to work. Um, people try it all the time and it's hysterical watching them because everybody knows what's happening. And, and that's not what I mean at all. But it, 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 it's, it's a legitimate, like, be professional, do your job, show up on time. You know, we always, you know, every show we do, we're here a half hour before VIP gets here, if not earlier. I leave about a half hour to 45 minutes after the show ends. I go up to the convention owners, what can I do to help you out? What can I, what can I bring to you? What value can I add to your show to, for you to make me a guest? You know, I, I help load in, I help carry chairs, I help do everything. I don't play the diva card, like, there's a lot of cut, like, You'd be amazed at the behind-the-door stuff that you see um, from people who are like, they are the sweetest cosplayer ever. And I'm like, they're um, You'd be surprised where, like, all the fans see is the sweetest, nicest person. And then behind the scenes, it's drama, 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 drama. Um, and then they their shows dry up and cons are like, we don't want to deal with this. And then they're gone. So... I feel like the average life cycle of most pro cosplayers is about a year and a half once they get seen. Um, anybody that's lasted like legitimately longer than a year and a half to two years means they're going to stay because they're doing it right. Because um, you you can literally watch the like the trajectory of people where they're like up 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 and then they cause a bunch of drama and they go down and then they're never heard from again um, and it happens consistently. So. Questions? Next question. Um, well, then I'll go on to my next thing is who knows where you buy prints at? Awesome. Great. Shoot, where do you get your prints at? Uh, no. <laughs> I will tell you. Okay, so this is 
a little, admittedly a little bit sponsored here. Because um, I work with this print shop, and this is the company we use, and I love them to death. Um, but Artist Express is based out of Phoenix. Um, we get our prints done there. They're amazing. You can do your 8x10s. You can do your 11x17s. Um, who knows what the average price for an 11x17 print is? What, like buying it yourself or selling it somewhere? Both. Uh, usually in Artist Alley, an 11 by 17 print is a $15, 10 15 Okay. What do you think they buy them at? Less than half that. Try 83 cents. Okay. <laughs> yep. That is what we buy our 11 by 17s at, is 83 cents. You have to buy 50 of them. Um, or, you know, obviously the more you buy, the lower the price goes. The less you buy, the higher the price goes. But that is what most cosplayers are paying for their 11 by 17s, if they know where they're going. Um, the most that they're paying is 3 to $4, um, unless they're really bad. Because um, you can get that stuff for like Vista Prime and various other places for like 3 4 bucks. Um, but that's that's where how much cosplayers pay for stuff. Because like, because again, most people do think they think you're paying. They're charging you fifteen, so they're char they're paying seven bucks. That's a reasonable markup. Not even close. Most of that stuff is less than a dollar to two dollars for pretty much any stuff on any cosplayer's table. Um, but like I said, I, I recommend Artist Express. Um, they're based out of um, Phoenix. That's where we get all our prints done. They do amazing, fantastic work. Um, and you know it's not as expensive to get into the print side of things as most people think and that's why I like to bring it up during these because people are often like I don't have enough money to buy a hundred dollar you know a hundred a hundred prints I'll never sell those but when you go eh, you can get 50 prints for 83 cents so you're spending like 40 bucks basically or whatever then people are like I can spend 40 bucks to, to start selling prints to my fans and stuff like that um, but that, that's one of the things I recommend, you know, like, like you asked, you know, what can you do? Prints, you know, everybody has them, just make them unique, you know, um, sig you know, come up with your own personal signature, you know, make that unique, and then just going to cons, like, like just being seen, like, like as weird as it sounds, being seen at cons, going and saying hi to the celebrities, going and saying hi to the, the, the artists, like just be a presence in the community, essentially. Because people remember people. You know, if you have a really cool costume and a really cool gimmick and a really cool act, and I see you at six conventions, eventually you can reach out to a con and go, hey, I do all the cons in the area. I have a decent local following. Could I get a free ticket? And cons are like, yeah, sure, why not? It's a free ticket, you know? And if you bring in enough engagement for them and they provide you like a ticket code or whatever, and they go, oh, well, these guys brought in like 20, 30 tickets for us. Let's give them a table next year, you know? Because that, that, that's really how that, that, that works, is you, you continue to grow yourself. You know, start small. Like, uh, too many cosplayers are like, I have a photo that's got 10,000 likes on it. And? Cool. The internet likes your picture. Kudos! That doesn't mean you're going to sell tickets to my convention. Like that doesn't mean I'm going to have to beat people with a stick out the door, you know, because that, that people even like one of the common misnomers is who knows of a nonprofit convention? I, I, anyone? Have you, have you guys heard of them? Like often anime cons say they're a nonprofit con. They're a 501c3 convention. Okay. 
So people will try to support that, will want to support that con over a Comic-Con or whatever, because Comic-Cons are all about money. Like, it's just a business. People are trying to make money. Or, or fan-run events. Like, we're a bunch of fans that got together to put on this show, blah, blah, blah. The reality is, is even a nonprofit con makes a ton of money. Because at the end of the day, all a nonprofit is, it just means that at the end of the year, they can't have money in the convention's name. So Con ABC made zero money this year. Con ABC's owner just made $100,000. <laughs> and that's something you see a lot. So whether it's a nonprofit or for-profit or whatever event, everybody is in the convention business to make money. Because if they don't make money, they don't have another show. Now, that being said, a lot of con owners are fans themselves. You know, they are put on by fans. They do care about things. They want their show to want, run well, and they want their attendees to have a fun time. But that's the, the mentality you have to have when you reach out to a convention, when you speak to them, is it's no different than applying for a job. You don't go to a job and go, hey, I think I'd make a lot of money working for you. Your job goes, what? <laughs> that is not a sales pitch for them to hire you. I think you guys could pay me a ton of money to work for you. And I'd really like that money. Okay? Yes, yeah, so would everybody else. <laughs> what are you going to bring for us? Um, and that's what you got to reach out for is our general rule of thumb is whatever I ask for a convention, we should be bringing at least 2.5 times the value. So if I ask a con for $1,000, I should bring, be bringing them $2,500 of value. Because at the end of the day, because a lot of, and I've literally had this talk with, with very large celebrity cosplayers, okay? People that, you know, do 10, 20 shows a year, and like, you guys would know their names if I said them. And they're like, well, a con should just break even on me. And I go, what, why? Well, because I have all these followers and blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, but why would they break want to just break even on you. If I pay you $1,000 and you make me $1,000, I didn't need you there in the first place because mm -hmm. we're at a zero. We, we, we started at zero, we ended at zero. There was no benefit here. Um, and, and that's the mentality you have to approach when you go the pro level, is everything is now work. It can be fun. I love doing this. We've got to meet so many amazing people. Um, funny story, actually. Who knows Gilbert Gottfried? Iago from Aladdin, okay? You know his horribly annoying voice? Would you believe that he doesn't sound like that in person at all? Not in the least? He talks like this. He's a very, very quiet man. And he's super mellow and really calm. And then he gets on stage and he's the most annoying thing ever! And you're like, whoa, where did the quiet little old man go? Um, but it, it, it's interesting stories like those. So, like, I love doing this. But it is always work. You know, you got to remember at the after party, just like any, you know, work party, don't get drunk at your work party. Don't get wasted. You know, you don't get wasted in front of your boss. You don't get wasted in front of potential employers. You know, I hear all the time from cosplayers, oh man, we were drinking till 3 a.m. and I'm so hungover this morning. Cool. Nobody's going to make you a guest, dude. <laughs> like, um, and, and it's things along those lines. It's, it's, and, and the reality is, and you know, this is where I gotta be super blunt, not everybody's cut out for it. Not everybody should, you know. Not everybody is going to be a rocket scientist. Not everybody can be a co pro cosplayer, because then who does the con, you know? 
Um, but if that's something you really want and you want to, you have the drive and you put in the effort and you put in the work for it, it is possible. You just have to expend that effort, that time, the money. You know, it's like anything. It's an investment. You're investing in yourself to grow and get bigger and do these things. But it is, you know, I work on average about 100 hours a week. Um, I would make more money doing a regular job at less hours than I do this. But I get to set my own hours and I get to do whatever I want. So it works for me. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing is doing what you want to do and, and then filling that niche. Like, like you said, if you're just looking for some money on the side as a side hustle sort of thing, totally easy. At the end of the day, people love cool costumes and people will pay a couple bucks. I mean, you could buy a bunch of prints and some for five bucks online, $3 shipping and you know, you don't make a ton of money, but you know, if you make a hundred bucks a month, that's a hundred bucks a month, you know, for very little expenditure of work, you know? Um, and that's the thing is, is it's really what your goal is. If you're looking to be a designer, you gotta have good stuff. Like I see people all the time who are like, well, I had five buddies tell me they really liked my work. Okay, that's, that's, that's cool. Your friends will always support you. It's kind of like everybody who like you see on like The Voice or America's Got Talent, where they're like, my friends have always told me I sound amazing and I've got this cool little gimmick. And then you watch them and you're like, you have terrible friends, dude. Like, your friends are just mean. They've been lying to you. <laughs> Nobody wanted to tell you that you are terrible. Um, and I, I, I see it all the time where like, I'm in a bunch of vendor groups and con groups and everything, and people are like, hi everyone, my name's so-and-so. I've never done a convention, but a bunch of my friends told me I make really cool stuff and I should go vend at a show. What do I need to know? And I'm like, before you do that, just go to a show. Like, don't just dive in and they're like, I'm looking to buy a bunch of stock and build up, and I'm, and I'm like, stop, stop, before you go broke, you know? Because just because your friend, you know, and again, the, the greatest rule of thumb is, is, are your friends buying your stuff or are they asking for free things? You know, if they're really thinking that your stuff is worth it for sale, then they should be buying it from you. Or quid pro quo, you know, bartering works, whatever works, but like they shouldn't be asking for free stuff from you. Um, and that, that's the big thing with designers I see a lot is designers hands down get taken advantage of. If you're the designer in your group of friends, is everybody comes to you and they're like, I don't really have any money, but can you make this thing? And it's like, you gotta tell people no. You know, I get it all the time, people asking for freebies, and I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. Um, but the flip side of that is again, like any business, it all depends on who's asking. You know, we've had comic book artists reach out to us who are well established that want us to do like a comic book cover or whatever. And I'm like, Done. <laughs> I'll make a free costume to be on a comic book cover. Sold. You know, but it, it, it's really weighing that. And the reality is, is you're going to have several times you get burned, you know, where you think it's a good deal and it's not and it, it, it doesn't, you know, pan out or whatever. Um, but it's really just mitigating the risk and doing the best you can, like, like any business, you know. Um, it's no different than an actual job. You know, you put in the time, you put in the work, you put in the effort. Um, I think probably where it becomes, starts to be the, like the biggest issue is the moment when you start making enough money doing it to really consider doing it full time. And that's when it gets really tricky of 
how do you balance going from I work nine to five to I lose more money doing my nine to five than if I was just straight doing whatever this other thing is. But it's not as locked in, you know. Um, and that's a scary transition, you know. And the best thing I, 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 I tell people for that is that you, you know, when you're working, you know, just save up a nest egg. You know, I tell most people you should have at least like a month to two months of your bills saved away for you to make that transition of I quit my job, I'm going full time. Like, like I often get it because like I'll have like a few weeks out of the month where I have like nothing to do um, because just cons slow down, everything slows down. And people are like, why don't you just get a regular job? And I'm like, because if I get a phone call at that regular job, I can't answer. I just lost, two, you know, $1,200. You know, which is more than I'd make it, you know, three weeks at most jobs. Um, and and, and that, that, that's where it gets really hard to make that decision of regular job versus risky job versus, you know, I might have two months where nothing comes in, you know, but then I have four months of I don't get a week of sleep because we're so crazy busy going everywhere, you know. Um, so it, it's trade-offs, hands down, but questions, shoot. How do you deal with like the loss of benefits? Because that's why I like my stable jobs, because I have benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have benefits. Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, that, especially with the way things are these days, you know, societally-wise, uh, that it, it's, a, it's hard. It's very hard for anybody that needs those medical benefits um, or knows they could need them randomly um, to do that, to lose a regular job. Uh, I don't have a solid answer for that. I mean, my best advice with that, I guess, is people don't realize how much time they really have in a week because, frankly, people piss away a lot of time. Um, I can't tell you the number of people I know where they're like, I work 30 hours a week. And I go, okay, you want to do this? Oh, I don't have time. You have nothing but time. You have nothing but time. Like, you have... It, so, so I've done the math multiple times. And the reality is, is if you worked two full-time 40-hour weeks, plus getting regular eight hours of sleep a day with two hours of time for eating and an hour of time for travel each day, that still leaves you 20 hours a week with nothing to do. Working two full-time jobs, okay? Now, mind you, that is a very busy seven-day-of-the-week schedule, obviously, but most people aren't working two 40-hour-a-week jobs. Most people are working a 30, 35-hour-a-week job, and then maybe some school, you know? So that still leaves you a ton of time, but people screw around. They don't double up. So, like, I love watching TV. I put the TV right in front of my computer, and then I go to work. I get to watch my shows. I get to do all my work. You know, it, it, it's stacking your time. It's not, you know, screwing around. It's not, you know, your friends want to go out to just a random party that gets you nowhere. It's just hanging out with friends. You don't need to do that every other night. You know, like don't abandon your friends. Like, like they're important, but you don't need to hang out with them three nights a week. You know, you, you need to focus on what's going to benefit you, what's going to grow you, what's going to expand you. And that thing, you know, stuff along those lines. And that's really, that's really like the, one of the biggest things I see often is people not doing that, you know. Um, I mean, I can't count, you know, we've had models before. Because like our models come with us, you know, all across the country. 
Um, and so we've had times where I'm like, hey, we're going out to dinner with you know XXX and a celebrity or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, my friends are here and we're going to go grab drinks. And I'm like, that's totally your prerogative, but you could take pictures tonight with XX celebrities who are going to share you out on their Instagram because you're super cool and tag you and get you engaged with and, you know, being seen with so-and-so is a big thing for you. And they're like, no, I just want to drink with my friends. Okay, great. And then like a week later, they're like, man, my engagement sucks. And I was like, man, that might be because you missed this prime opportunity to connect with someone, you know? And, and, and it's things along those lines. It, it's weighing what your value is. If, if all they want to do is hang out with friends and do that thing, more power to them because that's what they want from it. But you can't want that and then give up this and then be grumpy that you gave up this and you didn't get this, you know? Um, and that's the mentality you really have to approach is, are you going to put in that time? Are you going to put in that effort? You know, it's a lot of work, you know, it's long hours. Like a great example is I see, you know, cosplayers always get blasted, especially the ones that have bigger Patreons. And they're like, it's ridiculous that you make so much money on Patreon when you just ship out prints. Okay, that sounds reasonable, you know, at its surface. But when you look at the logistics of shipping prints, it is hell. Like, it is terrible. One, you have to order all the prints, which is a chunk of money, you know, once you factor it shipping, because the print itself may only be 83 cents, but it costs like $30 shipping to get it to you, depending on where you're at. Um, and that doesn't matter who you order through. Nobody gives free shipping, because prints are heavy, okay? So then, you also have to order all the stupid cylindrical tubes, okay? Those tubes are like two, three bucks a pop, okay? Then you have to sit there, sign every one of those prints, okay? Um, I know some of the cosplayers do like kisses on them and stuff like that. So like, I know, you know, I have friends who get like chapped lips from like kissing these prints, which just sounds ridiculous, obviously. But, you know, they do all of that, and then you gotta roll it up and put it in the tube and then put a business card, seal the tube, go on to the next one. Now imagine doing that 50 times in a row. You know, that takes hours. You know, that's like a whole day in and of itself. Then you have to go to the post office, and then you have to print out every label, sign every label, put every label on, and pass it off. You know, that's a whole big project. And that doesn't even factor in the time that it took them to build the costume, create the costume, arrange a photo shoot, edit up the photo shoot, promote the photo shoot, promote the Patreon. You know, social media, like at the, the like the bigger levels, is a full time gig in and of itself. Is is how crazy it gets because again, you got to be doing your Instagram live stream, your Facebook live stream. You got to be posting a little bit on YouTube. You got to be doing tutorials. You know, a, a twenty minute tutorial is actually about eight hours of, of video and editing and, and work over for your quick little 10 minute, 20 minute video thing, you know? Um, to, to do the high quality content ones where stuff comes spitting in and the fade outs and this and this and this and this and this, you know? So there goes a week of your time, you know? And then imagine that a lot of these cosplayers do a new set every month. So every month, right off the bat, they're losing at a minimum a week. So that's three weeks they have to be spending to build it and do this and do that. And again, life, living, going to the grocery store, you know, all the, the regular human things you do, you know. So it's a huge time investment, and it 
like I said, it becomes a job. It becomes hardcore work where you have to do all of this behind the scenes. And that's assuming you have somebody to help you. You know, if you have to do it all alone, where like you're your own social media promoter and sales, like the stupid messages we get at all hours of the day just baffle the mind. Like straight up. I had a guy order a print from us. Actually, he didn't even order a print. He said, I want to give you guys $100 for prints. And I go, okay, what prints? I just want prints. Okay, sure. And I go, where are we shipping them? To my house. <laughs> kind of figured that, okay. Where might your house be? Oh, I'm in this state. Okay, awesome. Can we narrow this down more than planet Earth? Um, and so I finally got his address out of him. And then he sends me the money, and then five minutes later I get a message, where's the prints at? Oh my gosh. And I go, what do you mean, you just paid? He goes, yeah, I paid, where are they? And I go, well, we have to ship them. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, you didn't order digital prints, you, you ordered physical prints. He goes, I know I ordered physical prints, where are they? And I go, they have, we have to pack them and ship them to you. And he goes, Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I thought they were just going to appear. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right? Right? And you're just, you just have this moment of, I'm, I don't take drugs. I, I'm like, this, I, I, I turn to Sapphire and I'm like, read this and just, I, I'm not having a stroke or something, right? Like, like, it, like my brain failed suddenly. She's like, no, no, that's just as weird to me as it was to you. And it's stuff like that where, like, and then we get people like, I had one guy message us at 3.30 in the morning, which anywhere in the United States was after 1 a.m., okay? The first message was, us, do you guys make Batman capes? Okay, now mind you, this message came in on our Batman cape listing from Etsy, okay? And I'm like, yes, we make Batman capes. Could you make me one? Yes. And then I go, it's currently really late, you know, early in the morning, you know, we'll respond to you later. Because I try to be very quick with people because people are weird. So at that point, I'm like, okay, this is done. I got 72 additional messages from this guy. Of, first it was just like a couple of questions and then why aren't you answering? And then how could you not answer me? I'm a paying customer. And then it just went downhill from there to him just being like, F you, F you, F you, F you, F you, repeatedly. And I'm like, it's 3 a.m. Nobody's going to respond to you. The fact that I responded to you the first time. You know, and it, it's crazy stuff like that that you have to deal with. And, you know, that's before you get to even get into, like, the general stuff that women as a whole have to deal with on social media, you know. Um, and so it's a lot of just wasted time. You know, that, and that's one of the things like we provide to our designers and models is like everything goes through us for like print orders and, and commissions and things along those lines. So like our designer, when they're they're working on something, doesn't get pinged seventy two times. Oh. You know, or interrupted every five minutes trying to answer a question and make a sale and things along those lines. So, questions? Um, well, since I kind of brought it up, the whole stuff women get online. Um, not going to dive super into detail, but one of my best recommendations for anybody with that stuff is ban them. Don't respond. No message back. Don't blast them um, because you just escalate the situation. 
Um, because even if you ban that person after you blast them, the next idiot in your followers tries to want up the last idiot. Um, and that, that's what I recommend for that. But uh, Anybody got the time? I don't have my phone. Ten out. Ten out? Ten till? Okay. Um, well, hello, new people. I'm yep. assuming you're here for the next panel. Yeah. You guys are terrible. Um, well, do you guys have any questions about cosplay as a job? How long ago did you ever go to your sanity? Uh, that's been gone a long time. I feel like, I, like I've always had it lost, but like my, my exasperation with the world really hit its peak like two years ago. With uh, just, you know, weird questions. Why isn't it shipped yet? Why didn't it teleport here? Uh, I don't know, because we don't got the technology, man. I don't know what to tell you. This is Spaceland. Um, well, then, yeah, I'll wrap this up, guys. Um, I hope you guys had a fun time. Like, yeah. I, I try to fill in like a lot of the back end stuff that like most people won't answer or don't know how to answer. I hope I answered your guys' questions, you know, clearly. Um, please rate me a five star on your review after this phone call. Um, would be great. Um, my manager yelled at me otherwise, but yeah. So once again, I'm Derek Nova with Superheroes Unlimited. Our booth's downstairs. Come check us out. We got cool prints, some cool bookmarks. We got some awesome cosplayers down there. Uh, wearing cool costumes, and see us online at superheroesunlimited.com. So, thank you guys very much. You guys are fun. You are fun. Yeah. I like being fun. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody would like a card to ask cards? I would definitely take a card. Oh, Artist Express? Yes, they are amazing. I love them. And they're super fast, too. Hmm? They're super fast, too. Yeah, really no, quick I love Antonio. Yes, their office is in Tempe, and they, they let you come in and do pickups and everything, too, to avoid shipping, if that works for you. Oh. It's it's worth the trip to drive up there. Uh, yeah. It, it, question is, is it worth thirty bucks to you? You know, <laughs> if it's not, then cool. If it is, so hang out with some friends up there. You go to Tempe. You go to the, the RPG bar. You know. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. Hello, this is Eric. And Wendy Strzok with Stone Valley Hobby and Games. We sell board games, card games, role-playing games, and supplies. We have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards available, carry Kickstarter products, and work with veteran-owned small businesses to bring you our own line of products. We are a small business retailer, but we offer competitive prices, a loyalty system, and free shipping on orders over $100. As a military veteran myself, I'm a strong supporter of our armed forces, their families, and contractors out there doing the hard job. So any order from an AA, AE, or EP address will be shipped absolutely free. Remember, StoneValleyGames.com. Well, we take your leisure seriously.